Y'all can have a seat. One of these days we're going to have a worship leader that can actually uh, sing, okay? I promise. But um, thank you guys for being here this morning. We're going to start a brand new series today. So if you're listening online or you're here in person, we're so glad that you're here. Um, we're we'll starting a new series today called Cow Tipping. Has anybody ever been cow tipping? No, okay, never. Uh, I was hoping somebody could take me sometime. I always wanted to. Like, we used to live next to a farm with cows. And I always was like, what would happen if you go out there and tip them over? But we're in a series called Cow Tipping. And the series is kind of this, and what, we, what we're hoping this series is, is that we tip over the, some of those traditions inside of, inside of church, some of those things that people in church believe that really have no room for the gospel, no room in the kingdom of God. Like they're, like they're not really that important or maybe they're just not that good. So I'm really excited about this series. Um, next week, oh, Joe Day is going to be preaching. So I'm pretty excited about that. So I want to start off asking just a couple questions here real quick. Uh, have you ever been in the middle of a mess and somebody say, well, the reason it's like this is because you did this? Anybody ever, everybody ever said that, heard that from somebody? Or what about in the middle of your mess, in the middle of your mistake, somebody says, well, if you wouldn't have done that, if you wouldn't have done that, right, then it wouldn't be this way. Or somebody dies and, some, and somebody comes to you and, you, and they just say, um, they just say, well, everything happens for a reason, and you just really just want to punch that person in their loving face, right? Because sometimes in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our struggles, we don't need to hear a reason, right? Like, we don't need to hear a reason why we're where we are. What we need is a little of hope, and what, what church people often do is they try to give a reason. And so the title of my message today is this. And I, and I hope you understand it. It's this idea that in the middle, in the middle of our mess, when everything's going wrong, it had to happen. So today, this is what I want to talk about. That sometimes we, we as a church focus too much on the reason instead of what God is doing. Sometimes we judge and we label people not understanding what God is doing in their life. We tend to cast stones and maybe you're here this morning and you're like, yeah, people do that to me all the time. And I'm with you all that. People label me all the time. Or maybe you're, maybe you're like, yeah, I, f- I feel like I'm that, I, I'm that way toward myself. Like if I wouldn't have made this mistake, I wouldn't have been where I am. Or maybe you're here. Maybe you're here and you're that person that begins to label everybody and, and wanting to know the reason, know the reason why this person's in their mess. And I hope the story that we're going to look at today will move us past and will tip over this cow of only looking for a reason why we're where we are. But maybe, just maybe, God is doing something in someone's mess up. And so we're going to look at a story today and kind of give you a back, back, backup story. Is um, Paul, was an, Paul was an apostle of Jesus. His backstory is this, is that he killed Christians, okay? Um, and then he was converted. He had an encounter with God, on, with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And now he's been preaching the gospel for a few years, and he's been arrested, and he's on his way to Rome. And so they, they set out from Crete, set out to Crete, from Crete to Italy, and this is where we're going to pick up the story. So he's on this boat, 
Okay. All right, so here we go. When neither sun nor stars appear for many days, and the storm continued raging. Have any of y'all ever been in a storm? Have you ever been in a place where it seems like you can never get out of it, like you're in a mess, and it just seems like everything's just coming at you from all directions? Because it's one of those things that wouldn't let up. It's not the kind of trial that you'd go through, that you just get through it. It's like, when do, when do I ever see an end? This is what kind of storm Paul was in here. Like he was in the middle on a boat, and the storm was raging back and forth. So what, ha- so what happened was that, is what happened is they begin to lose hope. People on the boat begin to lose hope in what and what and where they were going. It says that we finally gave up hope of being saved. Have you ever been that way? Like you're in the middle of something, you're like you see no way out. Like we all have seasons in our life where we're like, man, all this crap is heading our way, and it's it's like it's like at those moments it seems like that's when people come to us and say. Well, if you would have only done this, if you would have only made this decision instead of that decision, then, then things would have been all right. See, I told, you, I told you not to date him or her, and now your life's a stormy mess. Listen to what happens. Right at the time, right about that time, they started to let go of their hope. God spoke to Paul in a powerful way. So the Bible says this. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sell from Crete. And, when you, and, when you have, when you, and you would have spared yourself the damages and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. And here's how he knows that. Last night, an angel of God to whom I, I belong, whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. In other words, you can't go down in this storm because I got a bigger one for you that's coming. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith that it will happen. In the middle of this storm, it will happen. Just as he told me, nevertheless, we must run aground on some island so Paul, as spiritual as he is, apparently was not above telling somebody, I told you so. Because he had warned the sailors who were on the ship that, that was headed to Rome, that were going to Italy. And Paul was there for preaching the gospel. He didn't do anything wrong. But, but sometimes the reason that you go through things isn't because of something wrong you did, but it's sometimes what other people have done. So even as Christians, sometimes the, th- the things that you go through are not directly connected to something you did. And you can't always know the reason, and that's difficult for me. Like, have, like I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people that are just kind of like, like I have to know the why in something. Like I have to know why I'm going through this. Anybody else like that? I mean... You're in a situation and you're wondering why, and somebody tells you it's because it's because or the reason is you chose the choice you made. And Paul's okay, he's on a ship. He doesn't believe he's rightfully belongs there. He's taken prisoner for a crime that he didn't commit, being accused of things he didn't do. And I hear when he when he's talking, I kind of hear two things here. I hear faith that something will happen, 
but frustration that it didn't have to happen. And I hear both because he says, if you were, would have taken my advice, you would have spared yourself the damage and loss. In other words, the reason we're about to wreck is because of a decision you made. But the rest of his story is like this. If you're taking notes, you can say this. But if we stay too long in the reason, we're going to drown. If we stay too long in, what, in our decisions, we're going to drown. If we stay too long in what, in what got us here, we're going to drown. Because what matters at some point is you've got to get past. At some point, you've got to get past trying to figure out why this is happening. And this is difficult for those of us who want a reason why something's going on. Like even in the past, when I would call somebody as a pastor, I would always think of, like they, maybe they went through some sort of tragedy and I always try to give them a reason or give them some of those cookie cutter type, you know, coffee mug verses. Well, everything happens for a reason. Or Jeremiah 29, 11, he's planned everything out for you. He's planned your steps out. And nobody, what I've come to realize at some point, people don't really want to hear that. They want hope for today. They want hope in the middle of their mess. In the middle of the storm, they just need reassurance that God will not leave them alone. But the church has been too quick in giving reasons. So I'm asking that we don't be so quick to point our fingers. Well, the reason your kids are rebelling is because of this. No, it's not the time for that. People don't need a reason when they're going through a trial. What they need is someone to reassure them that God is with you, and so am I. And here's Paul standing in the middle of a storm. The reason it's happening is because of their dumb decision. And Paul says, if, if we had done it this way, not, not everything would have, would have happened this way. But we know this, that when we go through storms of life, it may not be what God wanted to happen. And it's certainly not, not everything that happens to you happens because the devil did it. Because if the devil did it, then here's what we have to understand, is that God had to allow it to happen. God had to allow it to happen. Had it pass through his hands. So Paul says that he didn't, it didn't have to happen like this, and those, and those are the hardest for me, hardest for me really. Really hardest for me when, I, when everything, is, everything that I'm going through is avoidable. And when I feel like I could have avoided, avoided this, that, that's like, that, that gives me so much tension. But I, want, I kind of want to share this story. I remember talking with someone that's really close to me. And they were going through, through a situation in their lives to where, to where um, him and his wife were having some issues and some things happened. And we were talking through some of this. And it was, we were just really trying to understand why all of this was happening. While, while, while their marriage was do, going, going this way. And I, and I remember ta- telling him then, telling him then this, that I did the whole, there's a reason behind this. There re- there's a reason why we're, go- why we're going through this. And what I really wish I could have told him then is that I no longer worry about the reason why I'm going through stuff. I really just don't worry about that anymore. Like I've read enough of the Bible to know that God will use use not only other people's decisions decisions to get me to my destiny, 
But sometimes he'll use my decisions for me to get to my destiny. And I've seen enough play out to know that even though we may not understand everything, he will get us to where we need to be. You know, it's like Joseph at the end of his life was not only able to look at his brothers after selling him into slavery and say, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Was it evil or was it good? I think it was both. Why, like, why can't it be both? Why can't it be an attack from the devil, the things that we're going through, the mess in our lives? Why can't it be an attack from the devil, but also used to be up to be something good for us? What Paul is saying here in this story that we're going to finish, like, you think it didn't have to happen this way? I don't want, like, I don't want you to blame God for this, but, like, in the middle, it had to happen, because here's the thing. If we stay stuck in the reason, we'll miss the revelation. Because Paul says, you know, there's, there's a reason this happened, and it could have been avoided last night while the storm was raging. Last night, when all hell was breaking loose, I was all alone, and God showed up and reminded me that his purpose is still intact. Even if the ship goes down, here in the middle, all this had to happen. It had to happen, and God doesn't tell Paul a whole series of explanations. He doesn't, he doesn't give him a reason. He gives him a revelation, because revelation is more powerful than a, than a reason. You can't fight the devil with a reason, because sometimes you don't know the reason. But if we as a church and we as people to start looking at what is God doing in the middle of this mess, maybe we'll see something different, because God is very tactical. He will create situations for a revelation. So like Lazarus, Lazarus dies. And when they tell him, tell him that Lazarus, Lazarus is dead, he'll say, I'm glad it happened. I'm glad Lazarus is dead. I'm glad he's dead. Why? Because now we've got a situation. Now in the middle of this mess, there's a situation for God so God can be revealed in some way. Jesus actually said, I'm glad he died. Because now, because up to this point, they knew him as healer. And they needed to know him now as resurrection. And so he said, I'm glad it went wrong. I'm glad it went poorly. Paul said, we, we must run aground on some island. And sometimes when you ask God for a reason, he will bypass the reason and give you a revelation. So when you get in trouble, you don't need a reason. You need a revelation. So Paul says we're going to make it, but the boat isn't. This boat has to break for us to make it to where we need to go. You have to suffer loss, but you're not going to lose what's most important. And everything happened the way Paul said it would. They were shipwrecked on an island. They crawled out with seaweed all over them. I don't know. They get to shore. They get to this island. And this island that we're going to look at in Acts 28 once, it says, uh, it's like 
Like it had to happen that they get there. Like in the middle of the storm, they had to get there. It had to happen. In verse 28, one says, Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. And Malta means refuge. So the grace of God doesn't always prevent the consequences. But it gives you a place to land. So when, so when we must run aground, and we're in, we're in this place called Malta, this place of refuge, there's still going to be consequences for our actions. But there's a relief that we have somewhere to land, right? That they're no longer on the open seas, that, that, you know, thrashing back and forth, wondering if they were ever going to reach dry land again. So here's what the Bible says, about continuing on in verse 2. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. And the islanders here is actually a word that Luke put, the actual word that Luke put in there is barbarians. And all he meant by that was people who didn't speak his language. They didn't speak their language, so everything on this island was unfamiliar to them, right? Have you ever found yourself in an unfamiliar place in life? Malta is an unfamiliar place, so they built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. And now I want us to emphasize with Paul, empathize with Paul for a minute. Because he survived a shipwreck only to shiver in the cold on an island in an unfamiliar place with an unfamiliar language, and he survived, but now he's in this place that's unfamiliar to him. I believe a lot of us have found ourselves in, our, in, our, in some sort of Malta. Right? Like we've went through some sort of, we went through a mess in our life. We, you know, we just finally feel like we get to shore, but it's still an unfamiliar place to us. We're still struggling, and now we're shivering cold. But something's about to happen to Paul that makes it even worse. He's found himself in an unexpected place, a strange place, a small place, a stuck place. Have you ever felt stuck? But these islanders were so kind to these prisoners and these people on this boat that they decided that they were going to build a fire and Paul, being a good dude that he is, decided to help. And so it says, Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper or a snake, driven out by the heat, fastened itself onto his hand. Let's back up here. He's in prison for preaching the gospel. He's shipwrecked because the sailors are, are too stupid to follow his advice. Now he's cold on Malta, uncertain in an unfamiliar place, and he just thinks... He's made it to, a, to safety, and he gets struck by a snake. It's at what point do you say, God, really? <laughs> like, I'm doing your work here. And, you're gonna, and I, not only was I in the storm, not only has my life looked like a wreck, but you let, you let this happen to me? When you thought the fight was going to be over, here comes a snake and it pops out of the fire and it just simply you're just simply trying to build a fire. You're just trying to do something simple and all hell breaks loose. Here's what you gotta be careful about though, that we're gonna see is a lot of times the church people give people hell. Right? People finally start getting over their addiction. Or whatever they're struggling with in life. 
and we kick them right back down. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful about people. Because, because sometimes people will always find a reason to why you're going through what you're going through. If I was her husband, if I was, if I was their mom or dad, let me tell you what, they wouldn't be like that. I catch myself at school doing that all the time. If I did half the stuff these kids do, my parents would have killed me. But people always assume the worst, right? Have you ever noticed that? People always assume the worst. They think that the reason is bad, it's something bad has happened to you because of something you did. You see it all through the you see it all through the gospel. The reason the blind man was blind was because of a sin of his father or mother or whatever the case may be. But people always find a reason to why you're going through what you're doing through. But listen to this. They just watched, these islanders just watched a guy get bit by a snake on his hand who just came crawling out of the sea. Claims to be a preacher. He claims to be a servant of God. And so if you're a servant of God, why isn't God protecting you? If you're really a Christian... How can you do that? Has the devil ever tried to convince you maybe that if you really had God, you wouldn't be going through what you're going through? God really loved you. And here's what these people did. So they stood back and he said, so this, like, when they saw the snake hanging from him, which means it had to be hanging there for a minute, Paul this is, what, this is what they said. When the islanders saw the snake, they came to their own conclusions. They drew their own conclusions here. People are going to draw their conclusions about you and not even know you. The islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, and they said to each other, This man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. They thought he must have done something wrong. He must be a murderer. He must be out of the will of God. And I love this next verse because Paul preaches something without ever saying a word. I think it's one of the most powerful sermons in the whole New Testament. Like when Paul saw them looking and knew he had a captive audience, Paul's response, and here's what the big thing about today, is how are we going to respond when we're on the island of Malta? when we're in an unfamiliar place, when we've been bitten by a snake, when we've been accused of things that may, not, may or may not be true. Paul's response wasn't that he tried to convince them that God was with him. He didn't feel sorry for himself. He didn't go on Facebook and write a response post. What he did was he pulled a Taylor Swift and shook it off. When you make it through the storm and all hell breaks loose, like when you make it through the storm and another thing happens, right after another, all we need to do is what Paul did here when that snake bit him. It says, but Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no illness. Like you don't take a vote from the island committee to see whether or not you think God is with you. Paul, Paul said, I got a revelation last night that God was with me, he was for me, I may still have consequences to some decisions that were being made, but I'm just going to shake this up. I can't die on this island because he says I'm going somewhere else. 
had, I had to survive. I had to make it. I had to get through it. God has power and he has to, he has to prove God's power. Have you ever been stuck? Even, or you've been stuck on, on the why you're going through something or the reason you're going through something and you've missed the revelation of what God's telling you. The reason, what God's telling you, the reason you're going through stuff is because you're holding on trying to figure out why you've been bit by a snake instead of just shaking it off and trusting God. That's why we're saying, give me faith to trust what you say. Because you're going to hear God make some promises to you. And in those promises, when you live out your life, you're going to see that, that some bad stuff's coming your way. And you're going to, the first question you're going to ask is, God, really? You promised me this. You promised me that my marriage would be great, and now I'm here struggling. You promised me that I'd get that promotion, that if I just work hard enough, I would get that promotion. Here I am still down here on the lower level. And if we, but if we stop looking for a reason, we're going to get a revelation. Because here's what happens. is That we begin to listen to what other people say, and we say, they're right. But we don't need to listen to other people because they will do nothing for us. It says the people, and here's what I mean, like people will change their minds in an instant. It says the people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead, but after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds. People will flip-flop their minds about who you are and what you're about, but God, but God is the same. He loves you. He calls you his child. They were shocked because they, because they expected him to swell up. Like, have you ever had some people surprised that you made it? Surprised that you're happy? Surprised that you're still doing okay? And so that they thought that when they broke your heart, you were going to quit. But you come in here, and you worship God, and you serve God, believe God. Like they thought you'd be done, that you would just sit up and swir- swir- like be nothing, and you're still out there fighting, you're still out there moving, you're still out there doing, doing you. They change their minds. People flip-flop all the time. That's why we can't trust, put our trust in people. They changed their minds and said he was God. One minute he's a murderer, now he's God. One minute he's Hosanna, next minute crucify him. You find yourself on Malta, season of your life. You feel stuck. And at this point in the story, you have a decision to make just like Paul had a decision to make. The point of the story is he had a decision to make misery or mission. Misery or mission? Because we already read that it, it was rainy and cold. We already read that it was unfamiliar. We read that, it, that this man almost died. Now he has a decision to make. And so do you about this season of your life. Are you going to keep being on mission, trusting in the promise of God? Or are you going to sit back and be in misery? 
Paul didn't decide to go to Malta, but now he's at now he has to decide what to do while he's there. Is he gonna sit and wait to get off this stupid island, or is he just gonna do what he did in Jerusalem? So Paul, they think he's God. So they're they're like, hey, this guy's important. Apparently the chief of the island hears about, about it. Like he hears that. Here's this guy who says he's from God. He may be God. I don't, we don't know. But he, he survived the storm. He survived the shipwreck. And now this snake, he survived a snake bite. And here's what we have to understand is that your opportunities in life, the things that you go through in life, will be the byproduct of, byproduct of adversity. The things that you go through that you go through gives you the opportunity and a platform to speak. Like, let me give you an example. Listen, like, I've not been, not been scared to talk about this. Like, when I was in school, when I was in high school, I mean, I would sleep with whatever came my way, right? If it breathed, it was good for me. But now, looking back, I was in a messed up place. Right? Like that was, that was messed up with me. But that gives me a platform to say, listen, talk, to talk about purity. It gives me a platform to, 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 to have conversations with kids about why choosing, choosing um, purity over, over what you want to do now is more important. Things that you're going through in life, the adversities that you're going through in life, give you the opportunity to be a light to somebody. And you're going to see why here in a second. Because in the middle of everything, when we're looking for a reason, God's trying to give us a revelation. I had to go through it. Something I had to prove. I had to prove perseverance. My faith had to grow so to enable me to have this opportunity that's about to happen, Paul's saying. In the middle, it had to happen. It says this, There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius. Publius is the chief of the island. This guy's important. He wants to see this other guy who survived all this. And it says, The chief, of the, the chief official of the island, he welcomed all of them into this home and showed generous, generous hospitality for three days. And I can just imagine Paul thinking, this is really nice. But at some point during Paul's stay, he, Paul's stay, he learns that Publius' dad, Publius, Publius has a problem. And Publius' problem is about to become Paul's opportunity. Because Publius says his father was sick in bed, suffering fever, and dysentery. And I can kind of picture, maybe I'm using too much of imagination, but they're sitting down at a meal and Paul sees somebody wheeled into the room and he, he says, who is that? And Publius says, it's my dad. And Paul says, what's wrong with him? And then Publius says, he's sick and there's nothing we can do about it. And I can imagine about right here, Paul begins to smile a little bit. It might seem a little weird, I think maybe Paul begins to realize the reason he's in Malta, a place where he was never supposed to be. There's a reason the hurricane hit. There's a reason the ship had to break apart. There's a reason we had to run aground on Malta, the place of refuge. 
Like there is a purpose in your pain. There is a purpose in your pain. In the middle it had to happen. So Paul went to see him. And after prayer, he placed his hand on him. And it says, he healed him. Paul put his hand on Paulus' dad's head. And when he put his hand on his head, the Bible says he was healed. Which is a miracle all all on its own. But just think about this. This is what amazes me. The same hand that the healing came through was the hand that was bitten by the snake. Just three days earlier. What I went through, what I want to tell you is for somebody to see what God can do just because, not just because you did something. Paul says, I can't keep a snake from biting me. In the middle, it had to happen. The same hand the snake bit became the hand that healing came from. The pain that you're experiencing in your life, the misery that you're experiencing in your life, it may be because of a bad decision, a mess up. It may be something that you wish you wouldn't have gone through, that you never should have gone through. And I came just to tell somebody that it's no matter the reason what matters is your response. You're on Malta now. Malta is your is what you make it. Where you've landed is what you make it. You can't do anything about it right now. But what you can decide is are you going to take what you've went through to reach somebody else? Says, the Bible says after that is that when this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. They heard that this guy who had went through so much, went through the hurricane, went through the ship breaking apart, went through sh- swimming to shore, crawling on shore, building a fire, having a snake bite his hand, and they thought he thought he was dead for sure now healed the chief's dad with the hand that shouldn't have even still been there. And the whole island got healed. So when Paul was going through the storm, he said, we, we must run aground on some island. Somebody say, well, it had to happen. It had to happen. Paul thought that he needed Malta. Paul thought he needed Malta. It was a place of refuge, a place to get out of the water. But in reality, Malta needed him. There's a purpose. I don't, I don't need a reason. I got, I got a revelation. God is with me. He is good. He does good. And in the middle, in the middle of my storm, whatever happens, it has to happen. Because there's somebody there in Malta that needs me. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about what's in your pocket, what God's given you, your stories, what God's given you, the, the, thing, the things that God's done for you, things that you can pull out of your pocket may be the very thing that that person that Lowe's needs to meet Jesus. Everything that Paul went through in this story, Malta needed. And to pull out of his pocket. 
I never wanted to be on multiple says. You know. I don't need a reason anymore for what I go through. God is with me. It's good. In the middle of my storm, it had to happen. I'm not saying God did it. I'm not saying he'll. But I, what I am saying is he will use it. Now, what are you going to do in your Malta? That small place where you've been changing diapers, like nobody appreciates you. That's your Malta. Maybe you've been praying for a ring and you can't even get a text back. That's your Malta. Like, I never wanted to be on Malta, Paul said. But now that I'm here, who can I heal? Matter of fact, you got any more snakes? Because if that much power comes from pain, bite me again. Who else can I heal? While I'm here in Malta, I'm going to keep doing what I know to do, and I'm going to keep sharing my story. I'm not going to worry about the reason why I'm here, why my car is breaking down, why I got demoted, why whatever. But wherever I am, I'm going to keep pushing forward to see the kingdom of God come. I can't help my situation, but what I can help is my response to that situation. While God was getting ready for, while they were getting ready for a wreck, God was positioning them for a revival. Because Publius had to turn his house into a church building. (laughs) Because everybody in town showed up because they wanted to experience what just happened. This is the mistake that turned into a miracle, that turned into a mission. And I want you guys to know today that God sent me to preach to those who are spending three months in Malta and you don't know why you're there and I'm about to tell you why you're there and here's why here's what I want what I, what I believe God wants you to know and what I want you to know is this is that your assignment that your supply is in your assignment here's what I mean everything that you need you already have in God what he's brought you through you already got it. Realize that God brought you to Malta. And when you're in the middle of the storm, when it seems like there's often no sense of guidance, when your boat's being blown away, blown back and forth by the wind, it feels like it's, you're, you're, you're being tossed back and forth, just remember who controls the wind. And he pushed you there for a reason. In the middle of us being scared, not being scared in a cold place, only to be met by the sting of a viper been there. Just know that if God allowed it, I can accept it. And just know, because here's the deal, guys. Is that in the middle of everything, in the middle of what life throws at us, because listen, we're not promised, we're not promised that tomorrow's going to be great in the sense of while we're here on earth, because I'll be honest, tomorrow's Monday, and I'm going to go to school, and something's going to happen, and it's gonna, probably going to suck. Miss Fritz is probably going to have to call me, and I'm going to have to come there and help her out, okay? Just kidding. Well, not kidding. That probably will happen, right? But I, I, I mean, I'm probably going to get punched in the face by a 12-year-old. I'm probably going to have, have somebody, a teacher, yell at me. But what is, what is my response going to be? 
am I going to be able to lay everything out and say, I'm here to serve you? And by serve you, I mean serve you, God, here. When you wake up in the morning, something bad is going to happen tomorrow. But what's going to, what's going to happen is what is your response going to be? Are you going to look for a reason or are you going to look to God and say, what are you trying to show me? Justin, what is he trying to show you in the middle of all this? In the middle of all you're going through, Aubrey, what is he trying to show you? That goes for all of us. What's God trying to show us in the middle of everything that we're going through? Let's stop looking for a reason. And let's stop trying to look for the reason in other people's life. You know, the whole pick out the log in your own eye. A lot of that's just a distraction from what's really going on in our, in our hearts. What's your response going to be? Are you going to look for a reason or are you going to look for a revelation? Because God's waiting there to tell it to you. He wants you to know. pain that you're going through right now the pain that you're going to experience in, the, in your future in your life in your pain you will find your purpose in your pain you will find your purpose so can we tip over this cow that it's only because that the only way we're going to fix things is to find the reason let's stop looking to a reason and look to what God is trying to do reason. God, I want to thank you so much for giving us an opportunity to come here and worship God. And I just pray, I just want to thank you for the things that um, we go through in life. Just to think that if I wasn't hit by a car when I was seven with a chance of dying, I often ask, why did that happen in my life? But really, I should have been looking back for a revelation of that you're a great God and you have a plan for me, and that gives me a platform to speak from physical pain. And then I and I think about like God, wow, all the bad stuff that just happened in my life. God, I just pray for all of our hearts that we stop looking for reasons and we look for what you're trying to do in us and even in other people as we look at other people's lives and what they're going through may we may we not have to look for a reason and try to label them because of what they're going through but may we look for what God's trying to do in our life we're looking for the reason why this person is the way they are. But look for what God, what you're doing, God. And may we celebrate those stories. I pray all this in your name. Amen.